Please remain standing on your feet. Would you please give a big Bay City welcome all the way from Adelaide, Australia. Pastor Vicky Simpson. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord Jesus a great big shout of praise. We glorify you. We magnify you. We lift you high tonight, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Sister Keyboard, do you mind just playing uh, softly for me there? Just be seated. Would you please? Just a couple of people that grabbed my attention during the worship. I tell you something, Pastor Steve, something good is happening in children's church. Just the evidence that I see in front of me of young kids worshipping God, giving it their all. I mean, I love that. I don't know about you. That flicks my switch. I think that's awesome. And there were three little roosters down the front here. You know, three little tackers. There's one little guy in the red, white stripes. Where's he? Are you still around? I don't know if they take off to another program or something. Here you are, mate. What's your name? Tim... I love that name. I have never met a Timothy I didn't like. I had three of them at my wedding. Love Timothys. I tell you what, mate, you keep doing what you're doing. Because your name might be Timothy, but I actually saw a David spirit on you. Now, what that means is David in the Bible, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. And he wasn't perfect, and God doesn't want you to think that you have to be perfect to make a difference and to be used by God. But he says, you keep your heart after him, hey? You keep your your focus on him. I tell you what, God is going to use you so powerfully, and I could see other kids watching you and doing what you were doing. See, you're making a difference already, hey? You're a leader, but you're a gentle leader, hey? A worshipper, like David. Hey, he was a warrior and a worshipper. And so, Timothy, God's got his hand on you, mate. Hey, let me shake your hand, buddy. There you go. Hey, you're awesome. And there was a little girl down here. She was wearing black. She had a black T-shirt and a blonde. There you are, sweetie. Stand up. What's your name? Michaela. Michaela, I could see you in the future worship leading. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if they give you a go in children's church. Do you get that? Do you have a go in children? Yeah, yeah. Do, do, I tell you what, because I could see you up there leading people. Because you're a Deborah. You know, Deborah's like, oh, yeah, you know, she's like, Z, she's got grunt. She's got, you know, and um, you're a leader as well. Because you're not just going to worship lead. You're going to lead the people of God. And you, I can, I can, you're going to preach. And I tell you, what, God's got great plans for you, Michaela. Hey, you're awesome. I'll give you a cuddle. Isn't that great? I, I tell you what. I, I, just, I just love seeing, hey, seeing these kids, you know, get, getting right into it. Awesome. Another little little rooster there in, 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 uh, in the yellow. What's your name, mate? Samuel. You're so cute. Samuel, I could, I could see you involved in the music team in time to come as well. And I don't know if you're learning any instruments or if you're getting into it, but mum and dad, let him, you know, 
Let him have a go. Let him learn some things. I could see you playing drums. Sorry. I could see you playing drums. I could see you doing... I could see you really, you know, getting into all sorts of music. And, uh, and yeah, you, 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 you go for it because it's a gift of God. And where's the other little, little tacker? Another whippersnipper here. What's your name, mate? Matt? Matt? Matt, you know something? I can see you being a connector. Now, what does that mean? I can see people coming to church who don't feel like they fit, who are lonely, who are left out, and you being the person that connects them. I can see a, a little shepherd's heart happening in there, you know? I can see you making people feel like they belong and... And like, you know, even ones at, at school, mate, when you go to school and, you know, they look left out and, they you know, other kids won't talk to them, other kids don't like it. They're the very ones God wants you to make a beeline for. Because you've, you, 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 you've got the gift. You've got that gift on you. You're very likeable. And you're a bit of a magnet. I can see, you know, kids just being drawn to you. And that's, that's not for your benefit. That's, that's for, for their benefit, hey, and for, 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 the, for the kingdom's benefit. So that's really cool, eh? It's awesome. Okay, thank you, guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Thank you, linesmen. Thank you, ball boys. I'll, I'll get on with the, with with the word. Those ones just just stuck out at me during the. During, I am. I think I'm still digesting my Russian. What was it? Ice cream. Russian Monroe. They took me to have a, a Russian Monroe ice cream. not bad stuff it's I thought I was going to get a little kitty comb but they put this big monstrous thing but I had to eat it anyway what can I say thank you Lord how many of you were here this morning give me a wave if you were here this honestly I am so encouraged that you came back that's always a good sign isn't it and um if you were here this morning you would have you would have heard my word regarding Abraham sacrificing Isaac and God providing the ram and Power of the God stretch. I could not get that ram out of my head all day. I was lying on my bed this afternoon and all I could picture was the great big ram that God had assigned to this church. And, and little rams that, that have been assigned to people here. The ram of provision, the ram of blessing. And I've never actually done this before in a church, but I'm actually going to preach from the same scripture again tonight. In the words of Jesus again, I say unto you, and I don't know why he wants to give you a double portion of ram, but he does. Okay? And it's not the same message. It's a little bit of a different angle. But I'm just going to go with what I believe God wants us to do. Amen? Amen. So turn to your Bibles, please, to Genesis 22. Genesis 22. They're giving me a towel tonight. Is that for worshipping the Lord or is that meant to for, it's for mopping? Mopping the brow. <laughs> Sorry, so uncouth sometimes. Okay, Genesis 22. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for Bay City Outreach Centre. I thank you, Father, for an open heaven over this place. And Father, for open hearts. Father, together the two make a very powerful combination. And Lord, tonight release your word in this place. Your word, Lord, that brings breakthrough. Your word that brings release. Your word that brings encouragement. Your word that brings confirmation. Your word that takes us to another level. And Father, I just thank you for your presence. For your presence here tonight. 
For in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So, Lord God, tonight my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So I pray, Holy Spirit, have your way and have your say in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So, Genesis 22. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. How many of you weren't here this morning? Give me a wave. If you weren't. Just a look, give you a quick background. If you don't remember, Abraham and Sarah, the old age pensioners, 90 and 100 when they had their first child, the miracle child, impossible. I mean, today in the 21st century, the year 2008, 90 would still be considered miraculous for a woman to have a child. And so God is directing Abraham to sacrifice the promised son, his son and heir. I I want us to jump down now to verse 7. Now, verse 6. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Says then they came to the place which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. The angel of the Lord called to him, Abraham, Abraham. He said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you've not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Okay, let's stop there. So there is Abraham. Let's remind ourselves for a moment that Abraham is there at the altar as an act of obedience. He is there, not because of his own bright idea. This wasn't something that he came came up with. He was there at the direction of God. And as he was there, about to slay his son, full of expectation, nevertheless, that God could provide a lamb for the offering. You see, he knew that his future was in Isaac. He knew that God had promised that his descendants would be more numerous than the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. And nevertheless, he was obedient to God at that moment to sacrifice his son. Now, what I love about this story is that just as he was there in the stretch about to sacrifice his son up the mountain, unbeknownst to him, comes the ram. Now, you need to understand that this is pre-internet. Abraham didn't send out a message, ram needed, can you help? wasn't like he rustled up a a ram. I mean, this ram, like a heat-sensing missile, was directed to Abraham right where he was. This miracle, he knew it was a miracle. If you were here this morning, I shared, rams don't actually ascend the dizzy heights of Mount Moriah. They don't live. 
at that attitude. And so tonight, we're going to focus on the ram. This morning, we focused on Abraham and the stretch. Tonight, we're focusing on the ram. Because I believe tonight, God wants to encourage you that he knows where you are. And he can bring the blessing of God to you. No matter who you are or where you might be, God knows where you are and what you need. And he wants to bring your ram to you. I love the fact Abraham didn't have to wrestle the ram off anyone else. He didn't have to compete for the ram. He didn't have to prove himself worthy of the ram. He, he, he didn't have to go and hunt down that ram. All he was doing was doing what God had called him to do at that time and God dealt with the ram. Brought it right to his doorstep. Ram. There he was. Some people here tonight have a concept that the blessing of God is limited. Like it's a pie and there's only so many pieces. And the pieces of the pie go to the most spiritual, the people who pray the most, the people who are most worthy, people who don't stuff up. And then after that, there's no more blessing. It's like there's some competition going on at times for the provision of God. There's only so many rams to go around. Some people can feel insecure. That God, you can't see. How do you know me? How do you know what I need? You might feel very insignificant here tonight. You might feel that no one knows your need. You know, God knows your need and there's a ram and it's got your name on it. And no one else can have it. They might want it. They might be believing for, for, for it, but there are enough rams to go around. There are enough rams to go around. There's a ram and it's got your name on it. I remember when I first went into the ministry, I didn't have a car. Now, just to fill you in on my history, I'm originally from Perth. To this day, all my family live in Perth. God led me to go to Brisbane, Queensland for four and a half months to undertake some ministry training. I thought I was going back to Perth at the end of that time. That was the plan. I um, worked in the area of human resource management, staff training in a government department in Perth. And so I take and leave without pay. I was going back to my job at the end of that four and a half months. Well, with only days to go before I was returning home, the Lord said to me, stay. I want you to stay. Now, understand that these moments, these opportunities are optional. God doesn't make you do anything. God didn't make Abraham go up Mount Moriah. He obeyed. He followed his direction. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't actually push you up. There are people here tonight whom God has given an opportunity like Abraham to go to the altar, to, to stretch in obedience. And it doesn't make sense or, it, oh, it looks too hard or it seems too painful. The most painful thing I've ever had to do in my life was to ring my mother and tell her I wasn't coming home. And you might think, see, that doesn't seem any big deal. But you've got to understand, I'm from an Italian family and when you are a single female, you do not go leaving the family to go and live where they're not. You just don't do that. And here I was telling them that I'm going to be living in the other side of Australia. And so I obeyed God. He gave me an opportunity. And I tell you what, it was one of the hardest seasons of my life. It was really tough. I had to cut ties from Perth. And I didn't know why I was staying. God didn't tell me why I was staying. At that point, I had no idea. I was living in a cockroach-infested caravan and I had no income. I had to, I had to resign from my job. And so I wasn't even eligible for unemployment benefits for like, you know, six to eight weeks. And, and literally God said to me, don't tell people your needs. I don't want you to tell people your needs. 
Otherwise, I'm going to bring you back around this mountain. So here I am. I had no money. I had no income, no source of income. I had no car. After the space of a few weeks, God created or opened up the door for me to go into full-time ministry. That was the reason why he led me to stay. Ministry that I'd been training under, took me on board, apprenticed me in the call of God. But I still didn't have a car. And to be honest, my, my, my income was a grand total of $150 a week. I, I, I'm not sure if it was even more than the doll. And so there I am. Come on, tithe on 150 bucks a week. You haven't got much left over. I didn't, I didn't have enough to rent anything. You know, I'm, I'm living with people. I'm boarding with people. It was a real humbling time for me. And I'm praying and believing God for a car. I need some wheels. It's very embarrassing being a pastor in the church and having to ring up people for a lift to church. You know, it's not easy to, to you know, I, I, I remember getting a lift to church every day, but to go to where the person was willing to pick me up, I used to have to cross over a railway line, climb over a cyclone fence and go and wait on a highway for her to pick me up. It would take me about 20 minutes to get there. I remember constantly having rips and tears in my clothes from climbing the flipping fence. I'm thinking, call a God. Yeah, this is, this is really great. But you know, I believed in a God who could provide. I'd been brought up under a faith message and I'd been sowing for years, believing that one day, I was going to reap a harvest. I'm thinking now I'm, I'm, the, I'm going to need to draw upon that account. And I'm thinking, I mean, I did not eat unless God blessed me. I mean, literally. I mean, there was the first original four weeks. It, I mean, I didn't have any cash flow, no income, and I didn't eat unless like Elijah the ravens came and fed me. I was a lot skinnier in those days. I had a lot of passion fruit that were growing in the vine of the caravan park if I had to. And so, I knew God could provide for me a car. I remember cutting out a picture of a little red Ford laser, because red cars go faster. And I, I, I cut this picture out and I put it beside my bed, and I believed God that he could provide for me. I, I mean, I'm thinking, hey, I'm positioned, I'm obeying. I've left mother, father, brother, sister, you know, for the gospel. I mean, I'm in prime position to get blessed, and what's more, I'm doing God's work. I need some wheels. I didn't think it was a big ask. And I knew he could do it for me. And I remember about four months into this journey of believing God to give me a car, a young man in our church was given a car. I, rem- I, I, I remember being horrified. I thought, oh, yeah, hang on. Hang on. I'm a pastor in the church. Like, hello, I need a car. I mean, and I knew him. He was just some lad coming to youth group now and again. He wasn't even really committed. I'm thinking, I'm so much more deserving. Lord, this so isn't fair. I'm, I'm doing my sums. I'm thinking, how many free cars get given away every year? I mean, I'm thinking, I've, I've missed my moment. That was my car. It wasn't red and it wasn't a laser. But I mean, anything would have done by then. You know, it's like, God, I need a car to fulfill my ministry. It was tough. Some months went by. People would say to me, Vicky, go and get a loan. They wouldn't give me one. I mean, Rockman's wouldn't even give me an account at that stage. I mean, like, forget about you going and getting a loan. Ring up your parents. I said, the only money my parents were going to give me was for a flight back home to Perth. They weren't about to get me a car to help me stay in, in Queensland. I'd confess. I did everything I knew to do. You know, I believed God. I'd wake up every morning, thank you, God, for my car. Two and a half years later... 
You talk about maintaining your confession of hope without wavering. I'm like, Lord, thank you for my car. People thought I was nuts. People starting to think, you know, come on, Vicky. I'm thinking, but, but I mean, I couldn't have done anything else. Because it's not like I was on an income where I even had sufficient left over to save. I mean, I was 150 bucks a week working something like 60 hours for God. And all I want is a car. Two and a half years. And one day I get a phone call from another pastor in the city. And she said, Vicky, I'm believing God for a car. I said, for heaven's sake, get in line. I am next. Whatever the next one that's coming, it is mine. It's got my name on it. She said, she said hang on. Hang on. She said, uh, I'm believing God for a new car. But he's told me this. I'm not getting my new one until I give you my current one. And I became the proud owner of a five-year-old red Holden Gemini. I've discovered God's a Holden man. At the time, about $7,000 worth of car that I didn't have to pay for. Yes, I waited two and a half years. But you know something, if I had taken out a loan, I'd still be paying that thing off. And I learnt something. I learnt something. You see, the car that was given to the guy at church, it didn't have my name on it. That, wasn't, that didn't belong to me. And as much as I would have wanted or thought I was more deserving, I couldn't have it if I wanted to because it had his name on it. It was assigned to him. But you see, this little red car, and I drove that car for the next five years, and then it came a time and I was blessed with even a, a better car given another one. I was believing for a Toyota Camry. I got given a Holden Apollo. See what I mean? God's a Holden man. And, and so I gave away the red one to a friend of mine who was in need of another car. And so tonight, church, don't get afraid that there's not enough for you. Don't be afraid that the resource of heaven is limited. Don't look around at your economy or at the social situations of those around about you. Don't be led by your bank account. It doesn't matter what the economy, it might be saying recession. It might be saying things are going down. But I tell you what, we live in a kingdom that is not dictated to by the economy of this world. Our needs shall be provided by Jesus through our, his riches in glory. Not on earth, in glory. And he has got more than enough. It will meet you. Your ram will meet you at the place of obedience. Where will you, where will you meet your ram? At the altar. Abraham was at the altar. I met my husband at the place of obedience. Now, for those of you who are not aware of my story... God gave me a promise in my early 20s when I was a young girl in youth group that he had a husband from me. Gave me a scripture, an actual fact from Isaiah, calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my purpose from a far country. Surely I have said it, surely I will do it. And I remember at the time being a girl living in Western Australia, getting a revelation that the man God had for me was from the east. Now, when you live in Perth, the rest of Australia is the eastern states. Perth is like a country in itself. You know, the WA is like the wet and then the rest is the east. And I just knew from that scripture that God had someone for me. What's more, he gave me this beautiful verse out of Psalms that says that, um, uh, that you will be fed with the finest of the wheat and with honey from the rock you'll be satisfied. See, there was a little, we had a little bit of fear in youth group at that, at, at that time that, that you know, God would make you marry people you didn't really want to marry. 
we'd heard testimonies of like God saying, that's your husband, and you're like, you know, or that's your wife. And I always had this little bit of a fear that God had something, someone for me, you know, that, that, that you know, wasn't really attracted to. And, and it's like, God gave me this scripture, I will feed you with the finest of the wheat, and, and with honey from the rock, you'll be satisfied. Well, I mean, I was about 21 when God gave me that scripture. And I remember coming into my 30s at this stage, early 30s, relocated to the east. And I was in a relationship and at the time it was a man in ministry. Everyone thought it was a match made in heaven. We had prophetic confirmation, signs in the heavens, signs in the earth, you know. He seemed like he was just the right one when it all unraveled. We were planning. We'd been together two and a half years, planning to be married when it just... It, it, it just fell apart. And so I, I was just totally devastated. Does anyone know what it's like when, when, when you believe God has said? I tell you what, that is a real test of faith. I have discovered the most mature people in the church are those who have lived through those moments. Hey? Who, who maintain their trust in God even when the word of God appears to have let them down. Hey, even, even when you think that God has said and you go through that heart-wrenching, brain-stretching experience of God, but you said, I don't understand this. And, and to see that same man get married to someone else I knew within about eight months. On the day before my birthday, thank you very much. That was the year from hell, 1996. It was a doozy. And so... I remember, I remember thinking, man, God had promised him to me. I believed right up until the day of that wedding that he was going to change his mind. I read that was the conviction that I had that he was the one. But who knows that when the one gets married to someone else, there's time to let it go. <laughs> time to let it go. But I was devastated, mate. I was over it. I mean, I was so devastated and disappointed. I decided that's it. Okay, I'm going to be single for Jesus forever. President, secretary, and treasurer of single until Jesus comes society. And what's, I, I thought, I'm going to start the first Pentecostal convent. I'm going to be married to Jesus. I'm going to be a nun, and that's it. I've had it. Forget about the promise. I'm over men. I'm married to the Lord. I'm going to serve him and get on with the call. I mean, I was devastated. I honestly, it took, it took me about five years, I reckon, to just get over. Because I felt that God had promised me this ram. He had my name and went to someone else. I felt ripped off. I did. I felt robbed. And people would say to me, do you think the devil has won? Do you think the devil has won? Romans 8, 28 tells me, all things work together for good to those that love God, those called according to his purpose. And I had to put my trust that God was bigger. People say, do you think maybe his will has gone against the will of God? That, well, this is what I've discovered, that as long as I'm in the place of obedience and I'm in the altar, that my ram is going to find me, it's got my name on it, and no one else can have him. Okay, now I'm in my 40s. I remember turning 40. I never would have dreamt that I would be single and 40. That honestly did not come in, 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 into, into my, my uh, equation for my life. I, I remember thinking, God, this, you know, this, this, this is not where I thought I would be. But you know something, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you give him the right to do not just what he wants to do with your life, but when. Your times are in his hands now. That's another sign of maturity, hey? Those who will accept the timing of God. Not my timing. 
Okay, I probably would have got married in my 30s. But God had a plan. At the time, I uh, still serving the Lord in ministry when I was asked to do a series of conferences for Christian Outreach Centre in Australia. In fact, I did every state women's conference in one year, one after the other. It was like they're all a matter of week one weekend, one uh, after the other. And, and the Tasmanian one was being held in Launceston. Now, with all due respect to any Tasmanians who might be here tonight, Launceston is not my favourite place on the planet. In fact, I used to say that there was something good in every part of Australia except Launceston. Just some experiences, just, you know, some, some, some negative experiences. And the plan was go and do the conference and fly out of there on the Saturday night. And my PA at the time said to me, Vicky, got some bad news. We can't get you back to Adelaide on the Saturday night. We can get you to Melbourne, but you, you missed the last connection back to Adelaide. I went, oh, what? What? You mean I've got to stay? She said, well, I can get you on the first plane out of there on the Sunday. I felt the Lord speak to me. He said, I want you there for a purpose. And he said, be a blessing. For heaven's sake, if you're going to be there, bless someone. So, you know, I, I spoke to the organisers and I said, look, I'm actually going to be there now on the Sunday. Is there a church that I can bless? Is there a so this pastor put his hand up and I rocked up to this little church. I swear it was the smallest church I had preached at in years. So when I first walked in, I thought, I thought, not that I'm, you know, addicted or directed by size, but I got a bit of a shock when I first arrived. Because I mean, it was lucky if there were, there were 40 people, you know. I kind of walked in and I thought, oh. But you know something? That day as I was preaching on the front row was tall, dark and handsome. <laughs> there was a ram and it had my name on it. I was amazed. The first thing that struck me was, what's a classy guy like him doing in Launceston? Honestly, that was the first thing that struck me. He just so did not look like he fit. Turned out he was the pastor's son. Now, I prophesied over him that day, but not what you think. Okay? At lunch, I find him sitting next to me. That's when I find out he's the pastor's son. And all I could say, no, I didn't, I didn't, hear you know like an audible voice from heaven but but he just felt right sitting beside me he's an architect my husband and he was telling me about a concert hall that that he had designed and a submission that he had made um for um a concert hall in Launceston so they tell me about it he's a man of few words he goes out just grabs the laptop he comes in with a briefcase the prophet had a vision of my husband coming to me with a briefcase Years before, I'm thinking, he shows me the, 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 the console. I'm thinking, this man is smart. He's not just good looking, he's smart. And I had a, a vision before that day I was over of us standing on the back veranda of his parents' home with him standing behind me with his arms around me. I'm thinking, Mamma Mia. After believing for like 22 years for it actually happened, it's a bit surreal. I went back to Adelaide thinking, am I ever going to hear from him again? There was an email waiting for me when I arrived. Four months of long distance relationship. When God spoke to him, he said, if you want this girl, you better do something about it. He went and lay by to ring in faith. 
at the time he was working for himself and really financially it was, a, it, was, it was a bit tough for him. He got more money in the next three weeks than the last three months put together. What's more, he told his father, I'm moving, I'm moving Adelaide. His, fa- his father said, what, what are you doing? You're moving to Adelaide? He said, yeah, if I want this girl, I've got to go get her. He said, you don't know where you're going to live. You don't have a job. You don't know if she's going to say yes. And you're leaving all this for that? But you know what? He knew that there was a ram for him. Had his name on me. And when he came over, I remember him coming over. My mum came to check him out. He asked permission to propose. She got a bit of a shock. She's thinking, my goodness me, she's been waiting for this for like 25 years and now it's actually happening. You know something, the amazing thing was, I'm thinking, I can't believe he was just sitting there, uh, that he was available, that someone else hadn't snapped him up, but no one else could have him if they wanted to because he had my name on him. No one else could have him. He belonged to me. He was my blessing. He was my promise. And God wants you to know today that when the promise of God seems to go to someone else, it wasn't yours in the first place. There's is, there, there is someone here tonight and you, and you just feel in a bit, fearful, it's like you thought something belonged to you, positions in ministry, sometimes go to people that we don't expect and that we thought should have gone to us. Been there, done that and I've learnt, I've learnt to let it go because if it belonged to me, it'd have my name on it. No one else, I'll tell you something, when you get a revelation of this, When you get a revelation, hey, that God is on your side, he withholds no good things from those who walk uprightly. Now, Abraham, Abraham had to take the ram from the thicket. The ram came, can you imagine? Okay, bah. And then eh, it's stuck in the thicket. It's there for the taking. It's there for the taking. A number of of things will stop you taking the ram that is rightfully yours. Did you know that? God can bring your blessing to your doorstep and you still turn it down, fail to receive it for a number of reasons. Here's one, inferiority. Oh, God wouldn't send me a ram. Nah, God wouldn't, God wouldn't send me a ram. That ram can't be for me. Hey, inferiority, unbelief. Ah, that's not a ram. I know I'm believing God for a ram, but nah. Rams don't come to this isolated, remote location. I remember when I was attending church, the church that I faithfully attended in in Perth. You know, people would would say, there were single people there and um, I remember there was one girl at the time and I was still in youth group in my teens, there was a girl in her 30s. And people say to her, Lydia, what are you still doing in this place? There, there, there's no young single men around your age. You need to go out. You need to go and find him somewhere else. You need to go check out some of the clubs. And you need." And Lydia, who was a faithful, pure-hearted, prayerful girl, she'd say, she'd say no. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay here. Well, one day, the brother of someone in our church, who's from New Zealand, came to visit. He came to visit. Man, there was a whole heap of us who had our eye on him. Man, he looked like, you came in, he looked like Paul Newman. 
He was like, you know, I mean, he had the whole, and, and he was starting to grey, you know what I mean? He, he was just steely blue eyes and, mate, he was a spunk. He was really, he was a, he was a hot old bloke, you know? And, uh, but you know something? He only had eyes for Lydia. Honestly, he only had eyes for her. Now, he took her out on a date and bought the roses. I tell you what, Lydia still had to say yes. She could have said, oh, oh God, you wouldn't bring someone, someone so amazing to me. Oh God, would you bring to me someone so handsome? And so, See, if she was led by inferiority, she could have missed her moment. She could have, she could have thought, no, this, this can't be for real. All sorts of reasons why people miss their opportunity. Doubt. Is that ran from God or from the devil? Or is it from man? Or is it from the flesh? I tell you what, guys, when you're at the altar, when you're obeying God, when you are where you're meant to be, God will bring the most amazing blessings. He will find you no matter where you are, no matter what you need. It doesn't matter what your need is, how great it is, what the desire of your heart might be tonight. God is resourceful. You know, and the king, the, I mean, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. I mean, God can bring to you. I mean, it doesn't matter from one end of the planet to the other. If you are in need, God can bring that thing from one nation to another. And your belief will possess it. Religion and legalism will stop you possessing your ram. God told me to sacrifice Isaac, so that's it. Because religion lives according to what was said, not according to what God is saying. And yes, God did say, go and sacrifice Isaac. But then he said, okay, you've passed the test. You've passed the test. Now I'm going to give you Isaac back and here, sacrifice this ram. I tell you something, you are coming as a church into a whole new level of blessing. And I believe for those of you who've been living in a place of disappointment, God wants to encourage you to believe again and to believe that he can bless you. He is no withholder. God is not a withholder. He does not withhold any good thing from those that walk upright. In fact, he promises that the blessing of God will come upon you and overtake you. That it will chase you down. I remember in primary school, I mean, this is, because the worship team can get ready to come back, prepare themselves. I remember being in primary school and we were doing an end of year performance for the parents. And who remembers that nursery rhyme about the owl and the pussycat? Anyone remember that? We were doing a little play based on that. And I, I so wanted to be the pussycat. Not a pussycat doll, but I wanted to be the pussycat. And I remember the teacher saying, okay, she was looking for people who wanted to play the part. She goes, okay, who, who wants to be, who wants to play the role of the pussycat? I so wanted to, but, but you know, I, I was self-conscious and, and, and I didn't want people to think I was pushing myself forward and all these other hands went up. And the teacher actually said to me, Vicky, do you want the role? You know, I so wanted the role. I so did. But I said no. I said no. I was about five years old. I remember it vividly. Because I really did want it. But I was afraid of what other people were going to think. 
I was afraid what the people were going to say. Because of inferiority, low self-esteem, I missed my ram. I missed my opportunity. God wants to raise the bar of expectation in your lives. To think big. I've got no idea what the economy of Hastings, Napier is. I've got no, I've known nothing about the industry or the, but you know something that's irrelevant to the provision and blessing of God. There are rams and it's, they've got your name on it. Don't be afraid that you're going to get ripped off. Don't be afraid that someone else is going to grab for you what's yours. Your market share business person. Hey, don't, no one else can get what's been set aside for you. That contract. Don't think someone else is going to take what was rightfully yours. If you didn't get it, it's because there's something better coming up for you. Hey, if that, if that man or, 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 that, or that girl who you believed was for you and they don't, and it doesn't work out, it didn't have your name on it. Let me read you a, a scripture. I'm just reminded of another scripture. This is, uh, this is Saul, 1 Samuel chapter 9. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. 1 Samuel chapter 9. 1 Samuel 9, 22. Listen to this. Now Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall and had them sit in the place of honour among those who were invited. There were about 30 persons. And Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portion which I gave you, or which I said to you, set it apart. So the cook took up the thigh with its upper part and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Here it is. What was kept back, it was set apart for you. Eat for until this time, it's been kept for you. Since I said I'd invited the people. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. There was a dinner, there was a feast plan, and other people being invited, but there was a part set apart of that meal, that roast. I had roast chicken for lunch today. I, I am a wing girl. I love the wing. And I can be very rude sometimes because when I'm out eating with people and the roast chicken comes out, I'll say, I beg the wing. Forget about preferring other people. I'm just in for me. It's called greed. I'm sorry. Gluttony. <laughs> but Saul didn't have to panic. Hey, he didn't have to feel afraid that he was going to miss out on his peace. On his portion, because it had been set apart for him. No one else could have it, even if they wanted to. They could be salivating. They could be longing for it, drooling over it. Forget about it. You can't have it. It's got Saul's name on it. I just feel God wants to release some of you from pressure today. Feeling like you're not good enough. Feeling like you don't match up to the standard. Feeling like the blessing of God is like this piece of pie. And you know, by the time God comes to me, there's hardly going to be anything left over. I'm going to be lucky if I get the crumbs. Now, I'm telling you what, the provision of God is like a river, an endless river. It's a flow. It's not a limited resource. It is endless. I tell you what, it wouldn't matter if every single one of you were single needing partners. God's got more than enough for you. It wouldn't matter if each and every one of you Hey, we had, had a need, a huge financial need. There's more than enough. Ample. Ample. And it doesn't matter today who you are or where you're from. It's a matter of whose you are. It's whose you are. 
If you belong to Jesus tonight, He promises to provide all of your needs. Hey, He promises today He's for you and not against you. He wants to bless you with the best. God, there are countries with my name on it. There are nations with my name on it. There, there are parts of Australia with my name on it. I mean, the, the city of Melbourne, I have been going to, like, I mean, it's just about, you know, every couple of months for the last 15 years. It's just amazing. I have favour in I have incredible favour in the city of Geelong. And I have so many close friends there. It's just amazing. The man who's pastored me for the, for the last 10 years, also a prophetic ministry, awesome prophetic ministry, has never been to New Zealand. Never, ever been invited. I come to New Zealand all the time. New Zealand's got my name on it. And I have incredible response in my meetings. And I've made amazing friends in New Zealand. I love Kiwis. I tell people in Australia, if I go missing, check New Zealand. That's probably where I'll be. It's amazing. And yet, and yet my friend has ministered, ministered heaps in Malaysia. Heaps. I've ministered in Malaysia, but for Singaporean churches who go to Malaysia for cheaper hotel and conference rooms. I actually have never ministered in a Malaysian church, but he has. Malaysia's got his name on it. doesn't mean that I won't in the future, but I just know that there are, are regions with incredible measure of favour where it's just easy for me. Perth, the city of Perth has got my name on it. Today, God just wants you, you, you to rest. Rest in the fact that there is a portion set apart, assigned for you, no matter personally, ministry, financially. These rams, I tell you, I see rams coming down driveways. I see rams coming around the mountain. I see rams coming into the church. I can see, I tell you what, there are going to be testimonies after testimonies of the provision, supernatural provision of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I just have every eye closed right now. Because before I go any further, I, I just want to make sure tonight that each and every one of you has an opportunity to get right with God, yeah, to, to, to have a relationship with God, not just to believe in Him or to know about Him, but to actually take that step of opening up your heart to receive Him as your Lord and Saviour, that you would, you would be God's child. Oh, so it's, it's an amazing thing, an amazing thing when you belong to God. And I don't know you all here tonight and I don't know whether you have all made that decision, but I, I have to at least give you the opportunity to take that step. And if you're here tonight and you've been listening to my message because I've been talking about how God blesses you when you're at the altar, the altar of obedience. You see, that's the place of doing what God wants you to do. You see, we have two choices, to either live our life our way or live our life God's way. And I'm not talking about following rules or religion. I'm talking about being led by God as you would be led by a father, as you'd be directed by, by a, a loving father in relationship, life. Life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So if you're ready for a life change, if you're ready for a, a, a relocation spiritually, tonight, tonight is your night to step into the life zone, to step into the God zone, to step into light. And I tonight want to pray for you. 
If that is you, I want to pray for you to give you that opportunity to open up the doors of your heart to God. Does anyone like that tonight? Just wave your hand. Just put your hand up high. Say, Vicky, count me in. Thank you, sweetheart. Is there anyone else? Thank you, darling. Any? Thank you over tomorrow. Thank you, sir. Anybody else tonight? Very quickly, before I move on, I want to pray for these. I feel there could be a couple more. And, and, and God's got a blessing for you. He has got thank you down the back. That's awesome. Maybe you have before, but, you know, you've walked away. You're not walking with him like you used to, and you know it. And, and you're feeling tonight a drawing. You're feeling tonight. You know, maybe tonight's the night for a change. Maybe tonight's the night to come back. Come back. Come back. I hear God saying to someone here tonight, come back. What are you, what are you, you've been living with the pigs like the prodigal son. And God's saying, I want to provide for you the, the fatted lamb, oh, oh, fatted calf. I want to bless you and provide for you. If that's you tonight, come on. Come on, don't miss out. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Anybody else? I feel like there's going to be someone. And yes, over here. Oh, it's all happening over here. Yes. Thank you, guys. That's fantastic. Look, I'm just going to ask the worship team, Carl, to lead us in a worship song, and, and you guys who raised your hand, give me another wave. I, I, I would love you to take one more step. And as the church stands and, 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 and worships the Lord, I want you guys just to come, would you please, and meet me down here. I want to meet you. I want to pray for you and introduce you. Introduce you to the best friend you'll ever have. Amen? Amen. Church, let's stand. Thank you, Lord. Come, come, come with a friend. Come, bring someone in. How great is our God? It's great. How great is our God? How great.
I'm going to ask you right now, all of you, to, to pray this prayer with me. And for, for those of you who've come forward, good on you. Good on you. Yeah? That's, that's a great choice. Great decision. You've got a Holden T-shirt on. Hey? There's a girl here with a Holden T-shirt. You were in the spirit tonight, weren't you, darling? So, guys, I'm not putting words into your mouth, but it's just... It's just a simple prayer so that you know on this night in September 2008 that you made a choice, that you made, and God will hear your prayer and then the, the, the rest is up to Him. He can't tell you what, an amazing thing happens as you open your heart. He comes in by His Spirit. And, he, and, and then you become one spirit with Him. It's not God up in heaven, it's God on the inside from now on, from this time, from this time on. And you're God's child. You belong to Him, part of God's family. It's awesome. So church, can we all pray this? Can we pray this prayer, guys? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me to give me life. And right now, I receive you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord, as my Saviour. I'm sorry I've ignored you and live life my own way. But tonight I choose your way. I thank you that you love me and that you have a great plan for my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Very cool. Awesome. Would you like to? Great. This is, uh, this is Brett. He's a lovely man. He's just going to take you outside and uh, to another room and give us some more information. But uh, come on, church. Why don't we put our hands together one more time for these people that are responding? Just follow Brett out. Somebody will go out with you. Now, I, I know we're going a little bit over. Do you mind if I just continue? Just Because I feel there are people here tonight and you've got promises, outstanding promises. And you've been believing, hey, for God to provide for you in whatever area that might be. And tonight, I want to pray for those of you and you're believing for your ram. You might have been believing for a long time, whether that is financially. That might be a house. It might be a matter of health. It might be a matter of relationship, ministry, destiny. I don't know what it is tonight, the promise of God that you've been believing for. But if that's you tonight and you want me to come into agreement with you, Hey, you want to signify, God, I'm at the altar and I'm in faith tonight that there is a ram and it's got my name on it. No matter how it appears, no matter what the circumstances look like, no matter the state of the economy, no matter the state of my bank account, tonight I just want to invite you just to come. Just come tonight. Come forward. Just to signify, God, I, I'm, I'm coming. I'm, I'm coming in, a, in, in belief tonight. Yeah. How great, how great, how great. How great. How great is our God. Yeah, come on. Sing with me.
right now for these ones, Lord God. Lord God, you know every need. You know every situation. And Lord, no matter how hard it looks, you might be here and you feel unworthy for the ram. You might think you don't have enough faith for the ram. You might think that you're not smart enough, not spiritual enough. Father, I come against every lie right now, every lie of unworthiness, everything, Lord, every lie that says that the blessing of God is hard to find. The blessing of God is hard to get. Right now, I release your people into a new level of faith. Release your people into a new level of believing. The pressure off. The pressure off. God's putting the pressure off. The rest of faith. The rest of faith. Oh, you're great, Lord. You're great, Lord. Yes, yeah, sing it. Yes, God. There's rams coming. He said, God can provide a lamb for the sacrifice. He knew. He knew that God could do it. Lisa, God can do it. I see restoration coming into your heart. I see God filling your heart tonight to overflowing. You're going to sleep better tonight than you have done in ages. You're going to wake up tomorrow with joy in your heart and just a spring in your step. It's not that everything is going to come right straight away, but God wants you to know that just like that heat-sensing missile, that there is a ram and it's got your name on it. And the ram is bringing peace. The ram is bringing contentment. The ram is bringing wholeness and restoration, even in the family. God wants you to know tonight that the pressure that you have been living under, the pressure lifts off you tonight. You've been living like under a concrete slab and I can see right now it's like a whopping big angel coming and pulling that thing off you. Don't feel guilty as you experience the peace. Don't feel guilty because there are ones around about you who won't be experiencing what you experience. God says enjoy it. Enjoy it because he's going to bring that ram to you. Oh Lord. Yes you're great Lord. Let's just declare it. Oh Jesus, oh you great Lord, oh thank you Jesus, oh you great Lord. There's a gentleman in a striped shirt, that's him right, what's, what's your name sir? Barry, Barry I can see as you came forward, mate there's a ram and it's there and mate he is so fat. He's actually trying to get through the door right now. The only reason why he hasn't come yet is because it's so big. He's kind of trying to get through that, that space of your faith. It's like God wants you to enlarge your faith, enlarge that expectation. You can be very hard on yourself. And there's been something of the light of the enemy that's trying to make you feel like you're disqualified and that you missed it. And that, that, that no, you know something? 
The will of God is not like that tightrope that if you put one foot wrong, oh, that's it, fallen off. That's about the state of your heart. You've got a good heart. You've got a soft heart. And God wants you to know that the ram's coming. You can't see it. You can't hear it. Doesn't mean it's not there. So, and He's going to take the pressure off. He's going to take financial pressure off. He's going to release to you everything that you need, not because of who you are, because of who He is. Not because of what you can do, although you are a very able, capable man, but because of what Jesus has done. Father God, I thank you right now in Jesus' name. your name mate Michael Michael I see God's been stretching you stretching you on the inside you've been wondering why you've been going through what you've been going through you thought Lord I must have done something wrong Lord God I mustn't have heard from you because you stepped out like Peter out of the boat and as you did you felt like you were starting to sink God said son you weren't sinking I was just taking you deeper I was just taking you into a different experience of me I was just taking you through the test of faith and today, Michael, God wants to encourage you. He's restoring confidence back to you in Jesus' name. He, I break right now the spirit of fear of your life in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you, Lord God. Behold, I do a new thing, says the Lord. Will you not be aware of it? Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. But Father, I thank you, Lord. He's going to walk again. You're going to walk again, Mike, like Peter. You're going to get another crack at it. You're going to get another go. And I see healing coming, healing coming to your expectation tonight. In Jesus' name, how great. Let's sing it, church. Yes, you're great. You're great. You're great. You're great. You're great. You're great. creativity all over you. I can see music flowing through you. I can see God opening a door of opportunity for you to make a difference. And I can see in, 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 in leading you, leading you beside still waters, leading you in green pastures. And God wants you to know tonight that you won't have to compete. It's not about the best. It's not about the strongest. It's not about survival of the fittest in the kingdom of God. It's about God's ordained purpose. It's about His call. And I see there is a space in God's kingdom shaped just for you. And I can see you as that warrior. I can see you leading God's people. I can see God opening opportunities for you to use your gift to even provide for you. And so even in your family, God's going to move. Even I see Him bringing ones who've been disconnected, ones who've been afar off, bringing together, bringing unity, bringing wholeness. I tell you what, there's more than one ram coming your way, mate. There, there is a whole family of them. A whole family of them. Not because of who you are, although you're a good man, but because of how great he is. Yes, you're great. Yes, 
on your go you know really and God wants you to know you're wired that way for a purpose you're something artistic about you and I can see you using even that artistic ability you know to for God's purpose in God's hand you're like a paintbrush in God's hands you know I can just see him using you mightily but the way that you're wired God wants you to know it's for a purpose and I can just see you reaching the unreachable you're making a difference in the life of people who wouldn't normally listen to a Christian. He is going to tell you what, ones who've been thinking you're a bit crazy, ones who've been thinking, what the hell is he doing with his I tell you what, ones are gonna come. They're gonna come one by one by one. And there is a there is a heart's desire. There is one thing above all things that you so desire. I can just see one thing before God, the thing that you come out for tonight. And I hear God saying that yet yeah, Dr. Sweat it, he, he, he he's, he's saying, trust me. He's saying, just rest, just believe. What's impossible with man is possible with God. And he says tonight that as you just keep your eyes on him, just like Abraham did, that that ram is going to come from a very unexpected place. He's going to bring peace to your heart. He's going to bring peace to your heart. In Jesus' name. There's a, a big fella up the back there. You've been sitting down on the on the right. Just right there. What's your name, mate? Peter. You've been sitting down there for, for, for the day. And, and I just see evangelism all over you. Mate, I see evangelism, capital E. But, you know, I believe God tonight, and this has got nothing to do, as it were, with the ram, except to say that, that, that God wants you to look for fresh fields to plough, for fresh fields to, 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 to harvest. I see you taking teams. I can see you imparting what you have. To other. You underestimate what you have. God says, don't underestimate. You've got the goods, bro. You have got the goods. You know, in the parable of the talents, just about those were given one, given two, given five. You're actually a five-talent man, but you don't see it. You've got, you have got... You have got greater. Now, the thing is, is that God has called you. There have been some things that you would have thought would have come to pass, but didn't have your name on it. And it was hard. It was, you know, you've gone through some stretching. You've gone through disappointments. You know what it is to constantly, as it were, die to self, constantly humble yourself. But God says, because you've humbled yourself under my mighty hand, I'm going to exalt you in due season. And I see a country that's got your name on it. I see cities that have got your name on it. But it's not just about you doing it. It's about others, others, getting others, training others, releasing others. God says there's great need of evangelists in my kingdom, great need of the evangelistic ministry. And I see God giving you keys and enabling to train and raise up the people of God to win the lost. Oh, in Jesus' name. 
Let's give the Lord a hand and praise. striped shirt. Come here, mate. What's your name? Rod. Rod. You know, tonight I believe God wants to take some stress off your life. And he wants to bring some healing, even in the area of your mind. You've been under, under assault. You've been, you've been under attack. And there's been some confusion. It's like you had your ram and it got away. It's like it, it, it was there and either God, this, this so does not make sense. There's, there's, there's been, you know, that wondering, wondering. But you know, I see God putting that to rest tonight. Putting that to rest. Because there's, there's better. There's better. The future is better. The best years are still to come. And that healing that God's doing, He will complete the work that He started. And He says, I am not a man that I should lie. And have I not said, and have I not promised, and will I not perform? For my word will not return unto me voice, says the Lord. So right now, Lord, we come against, Lord, confusion. We come against right now. Lord, the harassment of the enemy and the torment, because fear comes with torment. Lord, we break its power tonight in Jesus' name, and we release right now, God. Release your peace. Release your confidence. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord. I see, brother here. What's your name? Gary, I see in your family. Your family, God wants to move in your family. I, I, I can see, I can see ones, ones, ones. God's reaching out to. God has got, I tell you what, he, He's got a, 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 you know, talk about assignments, talking, talk about intersections. I can see different ones in your family having moments with God, being as it were, crossing paths with Him. I mean, having divine appointments. I see divine appointments are going to bless and release members of your family. Because it's not about, your heart is not about, it's about, it's about them. That's the desire of your heart. And the generations, generations being blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Stephen Tara, I was so blessed to hear your story today. I mean, I had no idea that, that you guys are only relatively new the things of God. I, I, I just, it's just seen Tara like you, you just are in that place, of, you know, like you've known God for, for years. And God is accelerating His purposes in your life. That is a supernatural thing. And I just hear God say that, allow Him, it's like you're right now, you're like on the conveyor belt of God's purposes. He's whacked you on and it's taking you where you wouldn't expect. And it's like, but get ready because He's pushing the button and that thing is, is going to start moving even quicker. Now, with that will come some jealousy. With that will come misunderstanding. God wants you to know there will be, as it says, a word of what there will be people, you know, that will, that will, uh, as it were, um, misunderstand the purpose of God. But God says, just shrug it off. Just shake it off. There was a time and the Apostle Paul was actually bitten by a snake in Malta. And everyone said, oh, he must be a murderer. 
they just shook it off. And then they changed their minds and said he was a God. And I see as you continue in the purposes and call of God, don't be afraid when there are misunderstandings. Don't be afraid when people would judge you or if people would speak out against you. Just shake it off and God will change their mind. Favour, great favour is coming upon you. You are going to have connections that will blow your mind. You thought you were blessed before? Mate, it is nothing, nothing compared to what God's got for you. And Steve, I see you moving in the gift of wisdom. I see you starting to move in words of knowledge. Things are going to start to come to you that you don't, I didn't know that. How could I possibly know that? Well, what if it's wrong? But what if it's right? Start to step out. Step out in that, in that, in that supernatural thing because it's going to be a coming together of the supernatural and the natural. Your own experience and knowledge and, and the supernatural wisdom of God. One could put a thousand to flight to 10,000. That's why God's brought you together. That's why you're doing it together now. Multiplication of effectiveness because of combined effort and oneness of spirit. Guard that oneness of spirit. Guard the unity of your marriage. Guard it with all your... Because the strength is going to be in that. Even above what you do, it's going to come from who you are. Who you are. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Who believes there's a ram and it's got your name on it? Yeah, I tell you what. I tell you something. There are more rams than you can shake a stick at. There are more rams than you can even imagine. Come on, let's give God praise.